Hello and welcome to Developing the Leader Within Podcast, an award-winning podcast where I interview the top players in the leadership arena and we dissect leadership, management, and career development from all angles. My name is Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez and I use my more than 20 years of experience in leadership development to dig deep into complex issues and bring you the answers you were looking for. If a topic resonates with you and you would like to explore how to overcome it, reach out to me at calendly.com backslash triad leadership solutions to discuss ways to succeed. Welcome back to Developing the Leader Within Podcast. I'm Enrique, and today I have Ashkan Tashvir, founder, CEO at NGenesis, and best-selling author of Being the Source of Power. Ashkan, thank you so much for being with me today. Such an early day for you over there in Australia. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much, Enrique. Yeah, it's actually quite early on now here in Australia, but yeah, I'm quite excited to be here with you. Outstanding, folks. We're going to be talking about leadership and being a subject that I have been interested in for a long time because I've always asked myself why leaders just can't be. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about that. But uh, Ashcan, before we get into that topic of, of being, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I mean, uh, there's this four different, um, you know, seasons of my mind. I can tell you about one is me uh, being a technologist, particularly, um, you know, back my background is in software development um, or we build technologies now in, in my company. And there is this other part to me, which is like me being an investor. So I'm a venture builder. I'm an investor. Um, I actually like it. And then, um, and the, the third part is like me being as a, as a parallel entrepreneur, you would say venture builder. Um, you know, I worked on a few businesses at the same time, uh, shared resources. And uh, the, the, the fourth one, which is perhaps the most relevant one today here, that we're going to talk about, is my obsession with human beings. So I'm, I'm quite obsessed with human beings, leadership. And yeah, so that's a very brief, uh, you know, um, introduction to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. And, and we both share that obsession with human beings. I do it specifically on the leadership development, but what you're working on is such an intriguing and uh, in-depth process of, uh, of, you know, a methodology, a framework, as you put it, uh, a framework where it actually allows you to identify how you are and how you are actually being. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about that here in a little bit as we get a, a, along with the conversation. But just to get this started, uh, what is being? That's mm, a very, very good question. So uh, first, I would like to acknowledge you for saying um, uh, how we are being, not, not necessarily who we are being, because we don't even dare to talk about who we are being. It's not, it's not something that's tangible. It's quite mysterious. Um, but, you know, when we're referring to how we're being or being is like we're referring to 
the essence, the nature of human being. And nowadays, lots of people have problem with the term nature, as if like we don't have any nature or, you know, but, but the technical term in philosophy for it is quiddity or um, a whatness, you know, it's your whatness. Now, for the ease of use, uh, we say how you are being. It's basically the, uh, the, the, the combination of your qualities, the way that you channel yourself out into the world. Um, uh, so your being is how you conduct yourself. Um, and it's, it's your attitude, it's your manner, your, it's your characteristics. Yeah. Yeah, and I, um, I mentioned uh, earlier, we was talking, um, there's an assessment, right? This, this uh, profile that you have, uh, and we'll get into some of that later on as well. Uh, but uh, it truly identifies, and I, you know, I, I've taken it myself, truly identifies where you are, where you are, you know, and, and uh, uh, truly uh, specifies areas. And I love those areas that you got, and I'll give you an opportunity to share those here in a little bit. Uh, but I love how you break those areas down. Um, and if there's anything I have thought over for one day, <laughs> continuously, it's, it's the end result of that profile, you know, and mm. so it's truly important uh, for leaders to start identifying uh, their current situation in terms of being. So mm. why, why is it important for leaders to get acquainted with being? Mm. Well, you know, in today's world, um, most, I mean, we, we can say that the dominant uh, narrative when it comes to that knowing and understanding human being is uh, like looking into human being from a cognitive, first purely cognitive first perspective, or, or for example, like behavioralism, like it's you and your behaviors, yeah, or it's you and your thoughts and feelings. But um, there's more to that. There is there's more to that. And um, um, so um, the behaviors are on the surface. It's visible to everyone. But what drives those behaviors are not that visible. And, and like, you know, in, in, in the framework that I've prepared, um, we focus on more deep, um, I mean, deeper qualities of human beings. And those qualities that actually they drive the behaviors. Uh, you know, they they in great in great part they determine determine um, what decisions you're going to make and then how how you're going to behave. So um, sometimes I say it this way: I say that if you're going to adverse behaviors, it's like watering the leaves of a tree. So you can water the leaves of a tree, but you know, there's not much you're going to achieve. So it's better to go and then address the root and then, you know, the more deeper, I mean, deeper qualities. Yeah. So behaviors, you know, like change the behavior, change the outcome. It becomes um, quite a dominant way of thinking in a way. Um, and that's the thing that I'm trying to challenge, you know, using the framework. You know, and you, you mentioned that uh, I, I'm thinking about my, uh, my profile. I was mm -hmm. able to not only take it, but actually get a debrief. Now, folks, this is a two-hour debrief. This is not a, 
quick said and done type of thing that you get with any other profile, which is what I, one of the aspects that I really loved about it. You got to actually speak to the subjects that were highlighted in your uh, profile. Now, I tend to think that I am a very transparent, very open person. I, I hate lies by all aspects. And I, I tend to believe that my authenticity and vulnerability are very high simply because I like to tell the truth, regardless of what it is. It doesn't matter whether there's uh, consequences or not. I, I tell the truth. Um, so, but surprisingly enough <laughs> in my profile, vulnerability and authenticity was one of the lowest things on there. And I said, what in the world was that about? And so, uh, what that number one, that surprised me, right? That surprised me because, uh, like I say, I, I tend to think that I am very vulnerable and very, and, and authentic, uh, but there are some underlying things. And that's what I liked about the profile that's underlying things that may have happened and occurred in your lifetime that tend to show up in how you, um, uh, answer questions and things like that. So uh, a funny thing was that what I thought I was good at end up showing on the profile that it wasn't as high as I thought. Is that something that you see uh, often with uh, leaders and people that take these uh, profiles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can clearly, you know, understand what you're saying. Um, well, you know, like, uh, the being profile as the, the profi profiling assessment, we call it ontometric tool. Basically, there's an ontological model uh, listing series of qualities of human beings, 31 of them. Um, that you know, I found to be quite important after studying highest achievers, and 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 you're referring to that. But see, it's not necessarily just the assessment, but ac the actual ontological model. Those qualities, we we talk about integrity a lot, you know, and uh, in in daily life, you know, in a conventional way. Now, when we refer to the integrity of any system including human being, um, um, it, it, there are constituent parts that, you know, those, those parts, uh, they shape the whole, you know, the whole human being. Now, in, in any, in, for, for any system to be, you know, operating in an optimum level, you want all the bits and pieces to be in place. You want all these um, parts to uh, operate in an optimal, optimal level. So what I've done in the, the ontological model uh, layer of the framework is I've broken down uh, these qualities in, you know, like the, the integrity of human beings into these qualities. Now, therefore, it's, it's not way and you can actually look into uh, the integrity of your being and you can see which areas exactly you perhaps need to um, it, you know, you can, you can relate to differently. For example, how you relate to anxiety, how you relate to fear, how you relate to authenticity, how you relate to awareness, you know. And um, now, so you were mentioning like how you were um, surprised yeah, with, with some of your scores, yeah. So uh, we actually like have distinctions, like each of these qualities. 
uh, we have distinctions for these qualities and they're not necessarily uh, like aligned with the conventional definition of these words because we give the primacy to the meaning that that word is referring to. It's not the other way. It's not like there's this word and then there's this meaning to that word. There is this quality, there is this meaning or we can say concept that uh, I found to be important like through uh, qualitative research um, and studies, like looking into the highest achievers of the world and then see what qualities are the qualities that they matter most when it comes to effective performance, not whatever performance, not being hamster on the wheel, but effective performance. So uh, yeah, and for example, when you were referring to authenticity, we're not necessarily talking about you being honest. And, you know, uh, honesty is one of the behavioral manifestations of this particular way of being. Uh, but there's far more to do with authenticity. Yeah? We can actually spend the whole time today talking about authenticity because that's a very big topic. But um, in a concise form, I would say authenticity is how you relate to reality of the matters. Um, authenticity is, uh, is um, like how, how it's about how lenient or fickle you're going to be in picking your opinions and beliefs. Yeah? Um, are you a critical thinker? Are, are, you, are you a typical thinker? Whatever comes to your mind, you go, oh yeah, that's true. Or no, you know, like you have some filters in place and validity and accuracy of your uh, conceptions of different parts of reality, um, it, it matters to you. It's the congruence of your uh, conceptions um, with how things actually are. That's a part of it. But then that includes uh, the way that you're relating to yourself, which is your self-image, um, and also the way that you project yourself out there uh, to others, which we call it persona. So there's a lot, you know, when it comes to authenticity. It's not just lying or... No. Another very important thing is, um, like, in the being profile, um, like, we're not measuring the presence or absence of something. So let's say, for example, not measuring how anxious a person is. But what we are measuring is the health score. It's like how you relate to... Um, anxiety generating situations will, will it you know if you're in that situation you're going to collapse uh, you're you know you're going to be suppressed or no you can you can move on you know step forward despite that anxiety or for example when it comes to awareness it's not like we're not measuring how knowledgeable you are uh, or how wise you are we are um, measuring how you relate to the things that you know and understand in the things that you don't know and you don't understand. For example, if you don't understand something, um, would you collapse? Or no, you go and then read the right books and you know get the right advisors and mentors and work with other people so that finally you, you can work it out. Yeah. Well, I tell you that that uh, profile was eye-opening, and it's true. You 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 mention a lot and you you learn. Uh, that it's a relationship type of thing with these 
uh, different uh, markers that you guys uh, test for in, in your profile. Uh, but it was great. It was a great experience, and I and I loved every bit of it. Definitely loved the uh, the um, the debrief, uh, very detailed, and and so I enjoyed that. Now a lot of leaders are looking to learn more about themselves uh, mm-hmm. and how they are being in order to succeed. So, what role does being have in a leader's ability to succeed? Yeah, yeah. Um, well. So the thing is, when, when I was studying the highest achievers, um, I've, one of the things I've realized is they're really uh, effective in reading people. Yeah? So they should not come as a surprise. Um, that's why they can align the right people, the right people together um, uh, around that vision uh, that they have. And you know, uh, they can get the best out of people. So... They know how to make the deals. You know, they can they can sell things, including selling their vision, let alone their products or offerings. And 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 that people aspect is quite important. Now, working with not necessarily highest achievers, like or not studying highest achievers. When I was working with different people, like from startup owners, entrepreneurs, SMEs, you know, and some corporation leaders. Um, uh, I've realized that um, despite the fact that they, 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 some of them are quite exceptional in their field, um, they, know, they knew very little about human being. The very being that they actually they need to work so much with, um, you know, um, team up with them. And then, you know, also the people that you're going to serve, your clients, your users, your, you know, um, customers. So, and, and that was, that's a really, very important thing that I've realized at that time. Uh, so the aim was not necessarily with the assessment tool, because like I would put far more emphasis on the, on the ontological model or the whole framework, including the, uh, the, the assessment. So, and the assessment is not something stand alone. While it can be used like that, because we're measuring some qualities, so it can be used but it's inside the whole framework. Now, um, so, and so that realization, as well as um, the fact that I was seeing that, oh, there's all these inauthenticities going on, lack of commitment, you know, all these wastage going on there. Um, so this has strikes me, you know, strike me to actually work on something of this type. Now, so to go back to your question is like I wanted to give this um, series of tools and frameworks to the leaders, uh, particularly leaders of organizations, um, to be able to read human beings, understand human beings, decode human beings more effectively. Now, it's not a matter of judgment. It's not like we're saying that sit and, you know, judge people through this the you know model and the the assessment it's more um it's more about assessing people not judging people and you know like i know you know sometimes say, oh it's not good to judge me. no we're not judging in that sense and we're encouraging leaders to assess and we do it anyways you know like you do it and um but if you don't know where to look at um then 
you know, you may be biased or, you know, it, it may be too subjective in a sense. So basically the model is, is giving them uh, this, this ability to effectively and consistently um, read human beings. You know, so, and, you know, if you want to uh, go to a relationship, an any serious relationship, it's important to you how authentic that person is. You know, it's important to you how committed that person is. Um, and the same thing goes if you're going to, you know, uh, shape a business partnership or hiring a person or choosing a leader you want to follow. It's very important for you to look into these qualities. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you go and ask people to complete an assessment. As I said, like that's just one thing. And if someone wants to be, you know, a bit more accurate, um, and, you know, that, 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 you know, they can use a tool, but the model, like what constitutes in, in integrity of human being. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that's basically giving that mirror to um, the leaders to, uh, or to people in general so that they can look into themselves, you know, and generate a very unique level of self-awareness around how they are being. And, and also, it's not just a mirror so that they can look into themselves. It also is a lens through which they can understand other human beings. So that, that's basically why I think that most of the um, leaders and coaches, like we have a quite good number of people in our community at the moment. Uh, some of them are leaders of you know, uh, businesses, like in, in different sizes. And uh, yeah, so we've been long enough there uh, that we see uh, what are the impacts of adopting of the framework. There are actually some case studies, like some articles and case studies that I've prepared with some of our, uh, some of the people in our community. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to share it. Um, you know, and you, you may be putting it uh, as the comment uh, in the description. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, you know, just to be clear, you know, most of us understand, but for those that may not be clear on this judgment brings penalty assessment bring understanding. And that's why it's so important for a leader to assess themselves. If not themselves, at least their group where they can actually understand how all things flow together is part of our transformation. And, and, and speaking about transformation, how can leaders transform their being with your framework? Well, um, I mean, um, so first I would like to emphasize uh, on the the fact that you, that that self awareness that that self awareness that authentic self awareness is a big thing on itself because see uh, in in the model uh, we have three meta factors so very high level uh, qualities awareness integrity and effectiveness now so you always as a human being you always dance between a degree of um, awareness to a degree of effectiveness and what sits in the middle is integrity yeah so uh, it's like I look into myself and then see what are those trouble sides you know trouble parts what are those shadows we call them what are those areas that are compromising my integrity hence it impacts effectiveness and workability yeah so the awareness of those areas is quite important and and once you realize that 
once you realize those hotspots, very easy. You know, there are those areas that it, it, it's a good idea for me to, to go and look into and, um, you know, polish it or transform it. Um, and then, you know, like with, with practice, it's going to generate a higher degree of effectiveness. Now, so there is a layer in, in the framework, which, which I call it transformation methodology. It's a high level methodology where it, it, it shows how you can go from that a degree of awareness to a degree of uh, effectiveness. There are some uh, series of tools that you know it's provided. You know, actually, it's in the book. Um, it's in the main book, um, the Bean book. And um, you know, if, if people are interested, they can definitely look into that. Um, yeah. So there's like there's three parts of the transformation methodology. Yeah. I can actually share um, the diagram with you, and you can maybe make it available to people. Um, so. So there's awareness, and then there's the application, and then there is like uh, effectiveness. When it comes to uh, awareness, like there are three stages to awareness. Uh, one is reception. I don't know to what extent you want me to go to details of that, but yeah. So there's reception where, where um, your attention is being drawn to a matter that you were neglecting before. Uh, you were not present to uh, and then once that happens, that eureka moment of it, that awakening happens, you're being receptive, hence we call it reception. And that, by the way, requires vulnerability, yeah, in order for you to be open and receptive. And then it goes to the next stage, which is um, what, what we call it perception. It's where you go. So in the, when, when it comes to reception, you're being informed. You have information. Now then when it goes to perception is where you go and then acquire as much as objective knowledge possible around that matter. Let's say, for example, in, in our case, it can be, you know, how you're relating to responsibility, how you're relating to authenticity or any of the qualities we have. Now, but no, so this, this, this um, um, gives you knowledge. So the reception leads to information perception lead um perception leads to um knowledge but this objective knowledge uh, assuming that's congruent and authentic um it's not going to do much in action now that's a surprising part sometimes but it's like for example you know that the, the sun rises from the east yeah, so that's a kind of a statement. So what are you going to do about it? I mean, so what? Um, but in ne the next state is what I call it conception. Uh, so conception is quite different to perception. Conception is where you relate that acquired knowledge back to your own life, to something that matters to you. It has context. See, for example, like if you're, if you're building your dream house, you're working with an architect, then it's so important to you um, that, you know, which direction sun is going to rise from, because then you want to know where to design the windows in your master bedroom, you know, so that you receive sun. Or for example, if you are a farmer, it's so important to you 
uh, how how sun is going to rise because then you know based on that information that knowledge you're going to make uh, a an effective decision for for you so <clears throat> yeah so while perception is more like about learning and studying something and acquiring potentially objective uh and accurate authentic knowledge conception is where you gain wisdom so there is this practical element associated with it and um you relate it back to something that it matters to you it has context so now, so it's an iterative process around the awareness. And then once that is there, um, a sufficient level of um, awareness, um, you can relate that back to the context of your life. You gain wisdom around that. Then you go and start uh, applying it and goes to the next stage. And, and there, you know, like we have a kind of iterative approach that you execute you track, you learn, and then you refine that, and then you execute again. So you go through this process, and, 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 and there will be a time that you will gain a bare minimum um, level of effectiveness, which I call it competency. And then, um, and then as you practice more, and then go through more, um, you know, understanding you know you, you gain more understanding of more wisdom of how things are working around that matter um and then you practice it again and again uh, then you go to another level of effectiveness which i call it proficiency and then all the way to the time that you gain mastery uh, and that's a time that you that ease and flow will come you know and um, yeah, so, so there is a very, very cool literature when it comes to transformation. There are lots of um, you know, articles and even peer-reviewed articles in academia you can find around change management, let's say. But it's not the same thing. Um, it's a, there is very, very cool literature around transformation. It's, it's quite wide to understand it. That's why I've um, tapped into martial arts like uh, studying people like Kenji Tomiki, Jigaro Kano, you know, the founders of um, many um, particularly Japanese um, martial art styles, Amuri Oshiba, uh, the founder of Aikido. You know, and and uh, because, because I was so convinced, even having first-hand experience from the time that I was a, a little boy, um, so it was in martial art that I was quite convinced that people actually transform. It's not just your muscles. It's not like your physical uh, body, uh, but, you know, you become more assertive. You transform your relationship with courage. You can step um, um, forward despite, you know, presence of fear. Uh, you, you, you transform your relationship with peace of mind. You know, most uh, traditional martial arts, they do have um, practices around meditation, you know. So, so basically, yeah, so that, that's mainly the route. That's not the only, um, you know, place that I've looked into, but that's the major um, place that I've looked into and an influence that transformation methodology quite and since, you know, like it was designed, it was put in practice, and then you do have a, 
um, quite good, good good number of coaches in our community, you know, and um, and through working with them and them working with their clients, we, we gather our data, empirical data, both through the Bean profile as well as working with some of these coaches. And um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm convinced that it's it's quite an effective way of transforming a relationship with different qualities yeah well yes and folks you know we all know transformation is not easy but Mm -hmm. transformation Mm -hmm. is attainable uh you know uh, i grew up with a saying of you know uh be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind right And, and i grew up with that saying um and it's because it's attainable you can get there you can actually transform from wherever you are currently and with the, with some work obviously it takes some work it takes some dedication a, a lot of awareness right a lot of awareness and and the relationship but I, what i love about your 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 framework is it addresses relationship with a such mm-hmm. and such right and when you start going through this profile and you start realizing that your relationship with a particular part of that profile may not be as you think, uh, and then you start questioning, well, why is that? You know, why is it that when I, when this comes up, I address it this way. You know, one of the things that came up for me was uh, uh, basically moments where I, allow my wife to do some things that I should be doing. Right. And so it's a relationship there. Uh, and there's a reason why, and, and, you know, what I got most from this whole profile was that there are reasons and I need to find them out. Why, why is that? And it make and it helps you dig a whole lot deeper than just saying, Oh, you, uh, I mean, you might be anxious at times. No, what, why is that? Why? And then, you know, you can go down. So transformation yeah. is available and you can get it through this framework. And I encourage all leaders that are listening and those that may not be in a leadership position just to uh, go down this road of finding out how you're being, how you're relating, you know, because it truly is uh, a key factor in how well you will succeed. Now, Ash Ken, you wrote this book. I have it in front of me. Uh, being the source of power. Um, you're in our conversations, and, and I don't know how much of it you want to share, but you're working on a secondary piece to uh, to this. Uh, don't know if it's complementary, but uh, but it is a, a a similar subject, but uh, a smaller content. Would you like to share a little bit about this book? Sure, sure. And I would also like to add to that uh, transformation conversation. I'm sorry if you like, because, yeah, I think that uh, there's some important things that uh, to be addressed around transformation. Actually, it makes me quite uh, passionate uh, because there is a lot of suffering comes with that. I'll talk about that very soon. But with regards to the book, yeah, so this uh, particular book being, um, which, you know, I, I released it uh, last year, um, is the body of work. Uh, it's almost 700 pages, 600 and something pages, 70 something pages. And, and it's, it's in, 
it's not a purely philosophical book. It's not an academy book, uh, but it's quite heavy in terms of like, it has lots of footnotes and lots of references and uh, it brings, you know, like philosophical terms here and there. And some part of it is quite technical. Yeah, so it's a, it's more like a book that it can be read. You know, I did my best to create this linear narrative, but it's a heavy book. It's a massive investment. I would um, um, of time basically. I would recommend it to people that are really um, curious and sincere in in knowing what this whole being discourse is. Yeah, um, but uh, but. In the, the next book is going to be uh, it's designed in such a way that uh, a broader audience can uh, enjoy can can understand you know in, in, in encouraging the people that are not familiar with this being discourse um, to read it and still like it's like uh, 330 something pages you know it's still being compiled uh, but yeah so it's an easier read it's more linear it's less technical uh, less distraction is on the pages. You know, there's no footnote, for example, or necessarily philosophical terms. Uh, I would recommend people to um, read the second book. It's called Human Being. Um, and then, you know, like if they're interested to know, go deeper, then they can definitely read uh, being uh, the, the, the main body of work. Yeah. So that's basically. So, um very likely that the launch of the book is going to be most at the end of um, um, uh, July. Well, we can actually give you the exact date and then you can put it in the um, description. So if anyone wants to join, you're welcome to join. It's going to be online over Zoom. And um, yeah, so, so that's basically the book. But let me go back to the transformation conversation, if you don't mind. Yeah. So... See, we talked about behavioralism, you know, to just say, oh, you know, like it's human and its behaviors and through conditioning and uh, the environment, the impact of environment, then, you know, like you're going to react in a certain way. Now, uh, and that's quite dominant in, in, in the HR, like the human resources uh, in, in corporations. Uh, for example, like many of the terms that we use, including human resources itself, like as if humans are resources. But, you know, it's, it's the work that human beings do is a resource, is resource, not the whole human being. So we're not um, like it's like we are degrading human beings to purely their own, their functionality, as if like there are objects, there are commodities. So. And, or for example, terms that we use like performance review, you know? So as if like <clears throat> this particular person was hired to do series of things, to do series of tasks, uh, and then they're now underperforming or they're not performing as they were supposed to. Now we'll go and put them on performance review, yeah? Or for example, if there are some misbehaviors, we go, we, we, we start talking to them, go, you, this this behavior doesn't belong here, change it. And I mean, we should be naive to think that that is going to work. You know, they may put uh, a mask on their face, you know, being this pretense type of um, thing. And, uh, but they're not going to transform. They're not going to change. 
Yeah. Um, um, or, you know, if if there if these um, deeper qualities are not adverse, then you go you 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 may end up going and micromanaging people. Yeah, because there are so many behaviors, you know, that you're, there's so many behaviors that you, one needs to go in adverse. Um, and no one likes uh, their behaviors being fixed. Yeah. And these are the terms that are actually being used you know, in, uh, in the corporate board. Now, um, so in one hand, then you have like the, uh, this behavioralist reuse. Uh, also, we have um, reuse that. We are, we are fixed objects in a sense. Um, uh, the dog used that this is your personality type. Like many assessments out there, many like uh, they tap into the personality type theory, yeah, which we don't at all here. Yeah. So they categorize people in different categories, and this is who you are. Not even this is how you are. This is who you are, and and it's quite dominant. Even you know very renowned thinkers. I don't want to name uh, anyone, but renowned thinkers, they have lots of followings and, you know, they are um, like cl clinical psychologists, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they, they suggest that, you know, your temperament or, you know, sometimes they say personality, but I, I think that mainly they mean temperament. Your temperament is set, therefore your personality is set. And, and it's so hard to transform that it's better for you to just acknowledge it, accept it, and, and make your critical decisions like around your career, your choice of spouse, partner, whatever, based on that. I mean, to think, and then on the other side, on the other side, then we have like gurus and, you know, experts that um, they go like positive thinking, you know, positive psychology, whatever you know like you just think um positively and things are going to you know or you know you with these affirmation sentences and you go like this way and uh, somehow opportunities are miraculously going to land on your lap and i mean um uh, and everything is mutable like you just define yourself as you wish and go for it and be you know do the hard work and you're going to get there i mean these are the two ends of the extreme. Now, if someone's coming to you and going that, oh, you know, you're a fixed object, you can't transform, transformation is not possible, or it's so hard that it's better not to even try, just escape from them. I mean, this, there is nothing more depressing than, than living life from that viewpoint. And shockingly, you know, I see many even psychologists, they they think that way you know so no we, we, we definitely know that transformation is hard you know it can be hard it can be hard uh, but so then any 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 other um achievement that you want to you know have in life um it can be hard i mean that's that's the nature of it you know you want to raise a family it's hard you want to build a business lift a startup it's hard you want to Whatever of value, perhaps, um, in, in our life could be hard. And transformation is no exception. But, yeah, definitely, uh, we, you know, we've seen. And you don't need to even have uh, empirical data like as we do in my organization, the way that I, uh, the, the, the work that I do. 
like just looking into the society, you see many people that they actually transform. They transform their body shape. I mean, uh, they, they get fit, you know, and they're dealing with, um, I mean, that are overweight, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, they transform their body. People transform their relationship. People transform many people of many of these high achievers when you know studying their past they're not necessarily coming from wealthy families they're they're not even born in the right countries with uh, you know all those blessings etc cetera, etc cetera. many of them they didn't have the, the luxury of um, you know having a mother and a father or parents that you know they, they spend time with them so therefore um uh, we, we have examples of true examples of transformation you know what i mean so yeah that's just you know i, I wanted to um talk to that a little bit yeah no thank you for bringing that up because it uh you know I, you talked about transformation of, of body right back uh in january i got on a scale it said it it almost said 200 pounds <laughs> And I said, and I told myself, I said, no, no, sir, (laughs) not you, not in this, not in this lifetime. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm 170, uh, and, and it took some work. It took a lot of dedication. It took a lot of commitment, took a lot of, um, saying no when I wanted Mm -hmm. to say yes. Right. (laughs) But, but, but that transformation occurred through the dedication of my, actions my Mm. actions and how uh what the relationship was that i was having with food and with exercise and with sleep and with wellness you know all these things ended up supporting my desire to be fit to be healthy and so uh, i'm glad that you brought that up uh um, because uh there are a lot of folks that will uh downplay your ability to transform and then there is a a a set of group that will just elevate you to like hey just say it and it'll happen and although i believe that positive affirmations will uh help they're not the all you know end all to be all right you just don't say it and bam it happens you have to put action to it um and we all know that that's how that works but uh Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, uh, Ashkan, if, if people listening to this, uh, they're curious about the being framework, they're curious about the profile, they're curious about uh, anything that you may bring as far as uh, literature and teaching and speaking and all these other things that you can provide, how will they get a hold of you to get that information? Sure. So I'm, I'm more than happy, you know, like I'll give you a list of links that you can add to the um, description. And, you know, there's ashkantashvir.com, my personal website. People can go there. You can also go to ngenesis.com slash at sign ashkan, my first name, dash tashvir. So that's my profile on our platform, in Genesis platform. Um, I'll, I'll provide all these uh, links to you and, you know, more than happy to connect with people. Yeah. Well, definitely. I, I will make sure to get that information and put it part of the show notes and video so folks can get a hold of Ashcon. And I tell you that uh, the moment that 
we uh, we had communicated and you had talked about this framework. I definitely am a believer in that there's a way to uh, structure your being to be the most successful you can be, right? We only get one life. You know, we only get one chance at this life. Some uh, have 50, some have 70, some have, you know, like my dad, my dad's still around. He's 90 something years old. Right. I I think he's like a Egyptian mummy because he just keeps going. (laughs) It's ageless. Uh, but, uh, Lord bless her. But, um, you know, so there's not a specific time frame, but you know, we all are, we all are, and we all are being in, in one way, shape or form. How do you perfect that? How do you refine that? How do you make sure that the, that what you are being is exactly what you want to be? Um, and most people struggle with that, you know, with what they want, you know, you talk about congruent, right. Well, what they, what they want and what they are doing may not be matching up. Uh, mm-hmm. and so this is a great way of making sure that, uh, that we do. So folks, uh, it has been a pleasure. I can thank you so much for being with me so early. I know in Australia is, uh, you know, seven, eight in the morning over there. Uh, but, uh, it's been so good to, to speak with you and, uh, folks, today's episode is sponsored by triad leadership solutions. Uh, but more importantly, if you've enjoyed this episode and learned something interesting about the topic covered today, make sure to subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment right now. And we're always looking for new ideas and guests that we can uh, add to our show. So if you know someone or have a topic that you would like for me to feature on this podcast, we love to hear about it by emailing us at triadleadershipsolutions at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode where we dissect leadership from another angle. And as we love to end this show, success to you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Triad Leadership Solutions and on Twitter at TLS underscore FL. Thanks again. I'll see you next week and success to you.